Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So tonight, the message is Inside Out, of course, is the overarching series, but it, it is The Healer. The Healer. And we know who the healer is, and that's Jesus. We know who the healer is. That is Jesus, according to Scripture. And many times when you need healing, sometimes we, we talk about all these other things. Say, man, I need to seek God, I need to pray, and that's true, and I need to talk it out, okay, and I need to forgive. And, but you know what? My wife and I were talking about this just recently. We've got to remember to focus on God. And it, that it not just be a theory, but say, man, I need to ask God to heal me because he is what? He's the healer. What does healer mean? Healer means one who heals. We know he's the healer, all right? So tonight, I want to begin with point one, God hears and answers prayers. You know, just like, just like Hagar, Hagar found out when she was kicked out of the family there, and she was out in the desert and thought she was in trouble, man, and all of a sudden she was a single mom. She had a baby named Ishmael. She prayed, and she said, He is the God. You are the God who sees me. Do you think He's just a God who sees you only? He can't hear you? He's deaf? No, if He's the God who sees you, I guarantee it, He can hear you. Let's go to Matthew 7, 7. God hears and answers prayers. I love this verse and the next verse. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. I was not there with them, but my, I think it was in Hobbs. It might have been in Denver City. We lived in Denver City before we lived in Hobbs. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen pictures of my little brother when he was a little kid, but he was just so cute. He was full of personality, different from my personality, but he had his own, and he had his own way, but this seems out of character for Jonathan. I don't know if even Valeria has heard this story, but dad, went, dad would pay church members visits, and I used to love that, because I've always been a social person. Dad would go, hey, you want to go with me and go, go visiting? i go, yeah. Well, one time, Jonathan went with him, and this is powerful, because if you knock, the door will be open, right? So dad took Jonathan, and he knocked on the door, and nobody was answering the door. So you know what Jonathan did? And I believe this part's accurate. As God is my witness, I'm not making up this part. I believe after a while, nobody would answer the door, that John started kicking the door. And I think he was under five, okay? So babe, be merciful, right? Okay, so he was under five years of age, but he starts kicking the door and says, come out, we know you're in there. So that's a powerful pastoral visit, Okay. If you don't answer the door, come out, right? I know you're in there. But I was reminded of that because you knock and the door shall be open. Let's go, let's go back to the beginning of that, Matthew 7, 7. Everyone who asks, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on asking, wow. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Have you ever had to knock at somebody's house more than once? Mm-hmm. I've had salesmen, like I've told you before, Permian Drive, I don't know if it's right in the middle of town, but salesmen love that street, and so do Jehovah's Witnesses, and Mormons, and Vivint, 
and people handing out flyers for hip-hop concerts, and they just love to go down Permian Drive. But I've had people before, and I don't have to answer the door, right? It's up to me. But I've had people knock before, and they keep knocking. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but I've had people that I really need to connect with, and they kept knocking. And I didn't hear them the first time, but I did the second time. It's not that God doesn't hear you, but I believe God loves persistence. He loves it, because Jesus told a little parable about it. You remember that story? There was a widow. She went to a judge. And Scripture says he was an unrighteous judge. And she went to him and basically just shamed him with asking, give me justice, give me justice, give me justice. And Scripture says that the judge said to himself, man, I don't care about people, basically. This is my translation, my version. I don't care about people, and I don't fear God. But this woman has made me tired. I'm tired. So, not even for the right reasons, I'm just going to do it just so she'll get off my back and I'm going to give her justice because she won't leave me alone. So, won't the righteous God, the righteous judge, listen to his people who cry out to him every day? That's what scripture says. Yeah, he will. He will give you justice. He will hear you. So, God hears and answers prayers. Let's go to 1 John 5.14. 1 John 5.14. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. I like this translation. One translation says when we ask anything according to his will, his will pleases him. This is just a more modern version. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we what? What we ask for. I want to read those verses again, please. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Praise God. That's good news. That's good news. You've got a God who hears. And God's really working with me on this. I've had seasons where I'm a great and a brilliant listener, and I've had seasons where I'm distracted by myself. Have you ever had that? I, I guess personalities are all different. I know that as a fact. But have you ever had a season where you weren't listening very well? (laughs) Y'all are so humble in here, but I don't know if if this is a plague that men suffer from, because I remember years ago when I was a kid, there were even comic strips making jokes about how husbands didn't listen and dads didn't listen sometimes. I don't know if that's a man thing, but there's times my wife's like, baby, you have a brilliant memory, but you don't remember me telling you that? And I'm like, are you sure you told me that? And she's like, I don't think you were listening. I'm like, no, I know I was listening. I, are you sure? I, I know. She's like, baby, I told you I'm, I'm serious. And I was like, man, I was in my own world. Well, here's the good news tonight. Here's the good news tonight. Whether you've struggled with listening or not, your God does not struggle with listening. Sometimes it's a test of your patience. Sometimes it's a test of your faith because you're going, man, he just hasn't gotten back with me on this. He heard you, though. You've prayed according to his will. You've prayed something that pleases him, which is his will. He's going to take care of it, okay? Mark my words. More importantly, mark his word because he said it. He truly listens. And it's interesting. Did you know that most humans, I would go ahead and hazard a guess and say all humans, feel loved if they are listened to? They've done surveys, and I believe it was like 89% of the people in the survey, I would say all of them if they're honest, they said, man, I feel most loved when someone's listening to me. Isn't that interesting? And did you know we tend to listen to others thinking, I'm going to listen to them, but then they're going to listen to me too? That's how humans work. That's how the human psyche works. 
So, man, when you talk to God, say, hear me, Lord, because he does, and ask him, ask him to heal you. Point two tonight, I can prove this to you in scripture, God's perfect will is healing, not just for your body, but for your heart. Do you think God created damaged goods in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve? Do you think they were damaged in any way when he created them before they disobeyed him? No. I'll tell you how powerful they were and how amazing they were. He put them in the Garden of Eden, and there was so much life and power, even in their physical makeup and in their, ge- their genetics. Scripture says Adam lived to be 936 years of age. Talk about a healed body. I can't prove this. We don't know this. But some believe that humans would have lived forever. Because they were children of both worlds. They could hear God just like he was right here with us. They were part spiritual, part physical. And that's how we become as we accept Jesus into our lives. But we have a draw on the spiritual. And the spiritual draws us in. We have a desire for the supernatural. Now scientists are telling us that, you know when they find these human skulls? And I don't know if you guys are even into this stuff. But maybe this will be interesting to you. Maybe not. But please don't check out yet. They find human skulls and they say, no, these are our ancestors that evolved into us. And they have thicker bones, they have better teeth, they have stronger jaw bones, and they go, they must have been closer to a monkey. No, here's what science is proving now. No, they were just human upgrades. Our ancestors were actually physically stronger than us. Adam and Eve prove it. Prove it. We don't know how long Eve lived. We're just mentioning the ages of these men, but Adam lived to be 936 years of age, I believe. But now these skulls that they're saying, oh, this is an ancient guy who came from a monkey, and look, his jaw is different, his bones are thicker, his teeth are better. Well, God built us to last back in the day, and our genetics have devolved. But they've also proven this scientifically. They say, oh, man, you see that skull of that man or that woman, and the brow is real prominent, it's kind of, their bone there is really sticking out. They look more like a monkey probably. No, science tells us now that the longer you live, the bones in your face change. So they've dated some of these skeletons and said now, the guy has a protruding brow because he was probably six or 700 years old when he died. Isn't that crazy? God's perfect will for us has always been healing in a long life. But if you're going to live a long life on this earth, God has also wanted your physical and your spiritual hearts to be healed. He's always wanted you to be healed with people. I've brought this up numerous times. I said, man, when I was a kid, I thought, why did Jesus talk about healing so much? <laughs> because he knew, I say healing, forgiveness. Why did he talk about forgiveness so much? He knew that if you didn't forgive, you would be a malfunctioning human. You would be a maladjusted adult one day. You would just struggle if you didn't forgive people. He knows he did not build our bodies for unforgiveness. That's why we've got to forgive, because God's perfect will for us is healing. You don't have a healed heart. You don't have a healed life. You don't have healed emotions if you don't forgive people. We talked about that on Sunday. Let's go to Luke chapter 5, verse 12. I love this. In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, this is key right here, if you are willing you can heal me. He knew Jesus could heal him, but he said, if you are willing, you can heal me. 
and make me clean. I love what Jesus said. Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I am willing. That's God speaking. I am willing. Be healed. If God's so concerned about your physical body, do you think he ignores your heart? No, he can't. We'll get into some of those verses in a minute. I'm going to repeat a verse from Sunday as well, a couple verses. God's concerned about your heart. He's concerned about your spirit as well. We get to know God through Jesus. You say, man, he's the mediator for me to reach God. But in the same way, you get to know God through Jesus, through his life, his words, and his actions, and how he dealt with people, what was important to him. See, what's important to Jesus is important to God, because Jesus was God in the flesh, and Jesus is God. So if God's perfect will is healing, we see that it was always God's perfect will for healing, even based upon the life of Jesus. He's healing people. He's concerned about their hearts. He's concerned about their lives. He wants them healed, all right? And point three tonight, we, we know that God's perfect will is healing, but look at number three. He heals. This is real simple. He hears and answers prayers, and because he hears and answers prayers, we know that his perfect will is healing, and because his perfect will is healing, we know that he will heal. If that's his perfect will, then he will do it. Let's go to Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38. I don't have a real long message for you tonight, but I pray it is absorbed into you, into your spirit and power. Acts 10.38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil. Do you think the devil just oppresses people with physical sickness? No, the devil oppresses people with unforgiveness and hatred and bitterness. And now we can link all kinds of diseases to unforgiveness. Did you know that? You should look it up sometime. Even, even I mean, secular Doctors and scientists and psychologists said, man, some illnesses come from bitterness. Some illnesses come from, from people not forgiving. Some, people, some illnesses, many illnesses can be traced back to a spiritual heart issue, an emotional issue that is tied to unforgiveness. But Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. I believe he healed all kinds of brokenhearted because Scripture says that. Scripture says he was anointed to heal the brokenhearted. Isn't that powerful? To heal the brokenhearted, to bind up their wounds and heal the brokenhearted, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Let's go to Exodus 15, 26. If you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, there's a condition. And do what is right in His sight, obeying His commands and keeping all His decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. Wow. Remember when he was judging Egypt? That will never be a judgment for you if you'll put him first. He says, I am the Lord who heals you. I need you to get a revelation of that tonight. In every possible way, he is the Lord who heals you. God, our healer. Let's go to Psalm 147, 2. Psalm 147.2. That, that doesn't seem right, does it? Hold on just a second. What's the rest of that verse say? Is that all of the verse? <laughs> that is on me. That is not on Vali and not on you. 
I'm sorry. I can read my own handwriting. I just wrote it wrong. Would you go to verse 3? We actually did verse 3. I was like, bringing the exiles back to Israel, that has nothing to do with healing right now directly. That's my fault. Look at what verse 3 says. We, we went over this one on Sunday. No rush. You take your time, Jessica. That's my fault. Remember, look, he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted and he bandages their wounds. But have you noticed something? So I want you to be patient with yourself and I want you to be patient with the healing process. Have you noticed in the physical, sometimes it takes a while for you to be healed? I have an interesting story for y'all. Memorial Day weekend of 2017. My wife and I got out of town and we were, we said, man, we're going to take the dogs with us. We have two big dogs. One is 96 pounds now. He doesn't look overweight, but that's a little heavy for him. He's eight years old. 96 pounds, Gentry, the blonde one. Then the girl, she's a redheaded. They're both, they're golden retrievers. She's about 76 pounds. So some would say large, some would say extra large dogs. So I blame myself for this, but we, we left town. We stayed at a nice little place, and we had the dogs out one morning. And it was a hotel, a pet-friendly friendly hotel. Nice room, had a little suite there. And so we were out one morning, and we had the dogs on leashes. Well, Izzy's, after the fact, we figured this out, but Izzy is the girl, the redhead. She's really good on um, being tied to something with a leash. Well, we were sitting there, and I was holding Gentry's leash, the bigger dog, the heavier dog, the boy, and Jen and I were talking about ordering food or something, and there was something in Lubbock, I don't know if it's Butler or something, something Butler, and I thought, oh, okay. So I jumped up to go grab my phone to look up something. Well, I left Gentry, I got his, I got his leash, and I attached it to the metal chair. And I got up and went to get my phone, just a second. Well, guess, up, guess what? When I get up, I guess Gentry moved to look, and he pulled the chair a little bit. Some of you are like, I, do I know where this is going? You may or may not. I'm telling you this whole story because it's a story of healing, and healing takes time in lots of ways. Well, he moved, and Gentry's kind of already a fraidy cat. He has a big bark, but he's kind of just kind of nervous that way. Well, he, he pulls, and the chair came toward him. So what does a dog think? It's, it's alive, and it's chasing me. I kid you not. I went in there for a few seconds, and Jen goes, Gentry, No! He must have flinched. The chair starts to chase him, so he takes off running <laughs> with the chair being pulled after him. It didn't grab on anything. And it's funny now, but in the moment, it was, it was terror. Because we're not far from the highway. There's a hotel, and we're here, and you just don't know, and it, Lubbock's busy. And so he's pulling this chair behind him. He crosses a street, which is not busy. It's like an access road between the two hotels. And I'm chasing him. I'm out of control. I'm pretty light on my feet. I'm pretty quick, but I was wearing sandals. So I'm slipping, and I remember running like this, and it was crazy. And he takes off, and Jen follows us and leaves Izzy there, attached to the chair, which may or may not have been good, 
But Jen goes, I don't know if she grabs her shoes, I don't remember, but we take off, and heaven knows, in this season, mom's health was declining, we did not need this, oh my gosh. And Gentry, Jen's beloved dog, oh my gosh, he's in danger, and he's running with a chair behind him. He's running, and he's strong, and he's pulling that metal chair, and it's just bouncing, and it's, it's flipping across the, the road there, and he goes into, there's a lawn at the other hotel, and I'm running and stumbling, and I wasn't quick enough, and I reached out to get Gentry, and I missed him and fell. And he turns, and Jen's like, Lord, help us. She tells me later, God, God, just help us. We don't want to lose this dog. So she goes, Gentry, come. And Gentry's running like this. I just missed him. I fell and injured myself. I hyperextended my elbow. I fell. I went, oh, my gosh. So I get up, and I turn around, and I'm out of the game. But she says, Gentry, come. So he turns around and crosses the street again and goes to her and tries to run past her. Well, she stops, and she stops it by the chair that he's pulling. Well, needless to say, the guy was so scared, he pooped his pants even. Poor guy. It was just, it was, in the moment, it was traumatic, but later, it's, it's pretty funny. But man, so I'm injured, and a lady comes out and goes, sir, are you okay? Are y'all okay? I mean, just traumatic. I wasn't screaming, but I, well, I might have been. I don't know. I don't remember. But here's my point. I reached out for him and fell. All that story to get to this. There's lots of lessons in that story. But I reached out for him and fell and hyperextended my elbow. I kid you not, Matthew. I thought next week, the next week I've always healed pretty quick. Johnny, I thought, man, I'll be fine. It hurt. And this was in Memorial Day and it hurt. And it hurt through October that year. And it hurt through November. It hurt over six months. It hurt and it hurt and it hurt. Man, I thought, is this thing ever going to heal? All because of that silly situation with the dog running with a chair behind him. It took a while to heal. I prayed over it. I ate right. I did my best. I'd exercise. And I go, man, that hurt months later. And I don't remember when it healed, but it must have healed in 2018. Because I remember within the year span, it stopped hurting. Another interesting side note, but it took a while. Healing takes a while, even for your heart, ladies and gentlemen. Interesting side note. So we'd had all this, we detached Gentry from the chair, Jen takes him on the leash, and she's like, oh my goodness, and here we are, we get the chair and take it back, and we go back over there, and we're walking up, and here's the comic footnote to the whole story. We walk up, and the little redhead dog is sitting there like this. Didn't even move. She's been on a leash before that was attached to something. She's been on a rope. We, she was a rescue dog. She's all, didn't even move, wasn't scared, didn't know what was going on, just didn't care. She's there. So, and Gentry needed healing after that too. I mean, he was spooked the whole rest of that year. I'm, I walked down the hallway and he's like, <laughs> we all needed healing. It was traumatic. But heavens, healing takes a while. <laughs> Let's go to Jeremiah 3.22. We know God heals. And it takes a while to receive your healing sometimes, even when the healing begins. And sometimes you say, man, I was healed instantaneously, but that's rare. God can do that. He's powerful enough. Your faith is strong enough. There's times when God moves by his spirit, and there's times when you believe, and it was time, and boom, you're healed. You get a healing in your body, or God healed that part of your heart. But usually, healing is a process, especially when it comes to your heart. Look at what Jesus says. God says here, my wayward children, says the Lord, come back to me, and I will heal your wayward, what? hearts come back to me and i will hear you heal your heart he is the healer somebody say he is the healer yeah he's the healer look at ezekiel 36 26 
And we know Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he'd heal in the Old Testament, he'll heal in the New Testament. We prove that. I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Do you think that's God actually performing physical surgery and going, man, you've had hardening of the heart. I'm going to take your heart out and put a softer heart in you. No, not physically, spiritually. A soft heart cries in God's presence. A soft heart forgives. A soft heart, you know, when your spirit is responsive to God's presence, man, you listen to his voice. You love others. You're compassionate. You start to become like God when you have a tender and responsive heart. Would you go ahead and bow your heads tonight and let's pray. Is there anybody in this house that says, Pastor Matt, there's a lot of things you said that I heard, but I just need to get right with God. Is there anybody in the house who says, you know what, I need to make sure my life is right with God. I need to get right with God tonight. Would you raise your hand? Nobody's looking at you. God bless you. God bless you. God has something special for you. Let's all agree in this house, right where you are with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I just want you to pray tonight. and Repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I need you now more than ever. You know what I've been through. You know the heartache that I've suffered, God. And it wasn't always my fault. But Lord, I need you. I believe you're my Savior already. But I need you to be my Lord. I confess you as my Lord, my senior partner, my God, and my Father. I receive Jesus as my Savior. Come into my heart. By your Holy Spirit, Lord, I believe you died and rose again for me. And I thank you that I'm right with you by faith. Because I believe and I confess in Jesus' name. Right where you are, go ahead and ask God to heal your heart. You say, man, I need need healing in my heart, though. Pastor Matt, you don't know what I've been through. Would you raise your hand if you need God to heal your heart? Go ahead. You say, man, I've been through some stuff. Raise your hand. Go ahead. God bless you. Only God knows. And man, I sympathize and I empathize because God is healing my heart right now. God is healing my heart right now. And I'm in the process and I'm taking strides. But man, sometimes, sometimes, some days are tougher than others. Thank you, Jesus. God, I speak healing over everybody in this place tonight, especially those who raise their hands. God, you know what we need. You know where we need it. You know why we need it. God, heal your people. We cry out to you, God. We cry out to you. With sincerity of heart, God, touch our hearts and and exchange our our stony, stubborn heart for a tender, responsive heart, God. You promised in Ezekiel 36, 26, you would do that for us. Now, God, do it in the spirit right now. Do a spiritual operation and a spiritual surgery, God. But, Lord, heal your people. We cry out for your healing, God. We need your healing. We can't go on without your healing. We need your healing, my God. Now heal your people. We trust you and we thank you, God. By faith, we believe. Somebody in this house, as you pray, say, God, I believe I am healed in Jesus' name. Simple faith. Say, simple faith. I am healed according to your word in Jesus' name. We believe tonight, God, and we know we're a work in progress. Continue to heal us in Jesus' name. Amen.
and amen. God bless y'all for your humble hearts. You are, you're the best. Thank you for being here tonight. I love y'all very much.